0: Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems.
1: And now, here are the doctors.
0: So, John, I think we have an awesome show lined up for today. As usual, we're going to start off talking about the five money attitudes that can destroy your future. Yeah, we've talked about these before, John. I mean, attitude counts, and it's a big deal when you're talking about aligning yourself with the right thoughts and the right actions to accumulate the amount of wealth and get to where you want to go with your goals. So we're going to talk about the five attitudes that will make a big difference in that endeavor.
1: Yeah, and, and one of those attitudes hopefully will um, be to stay out of debt, right? Exactly. Um, and um, you know, in the topic we're going to talk about in the second half is mortgages in retirement, it's always a big conversation, people going into retirement, you know, if they have a mortgage, should they pay it down? Should they sell the house and downsize or should they just sit tight? So we're going to go through a couple of different scenarios. Obviously we, we like people generally to be out of debt going into retirement just gives you more options and flexibility. But if you do have a mortgage on your, on your home, there are some things that you can, uh, you know, change that around over time with a a little bit of a, of, of a plan.
0: Absolutely. By the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro with over 20 years' experience providing financial planning and investment advice.
1: And I'm John Travis. I'm also a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 25 years.
0: We're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon. Um, you can get them off our website.
1: Yeah, the website's moneymd.net. We have a link on the right-hand uh, side that takes you to the different podcasts. Um, you know, from a historical standpoint, we also have a video library. We're trying to do some more educational material on our website so check that out and also Facebook where we post videos on Facebook every single week and um, we've got uh, your daughter actually coming up this week. That's right. Um, she's always a hoot to watch so um, check that out as well.
0: Yeah absolutely and you can reach us by email um, directly at info at moneymd.net. We'd love to hear from you so please email us any questions you have. And We're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week.
1: Yes, yeah, so the financial fact of the week is um, 67% of Americans working in the private sector, so not working for the government, do not have any type of long-term disability insurance. And we don't talk a lot about the disability side. Most people do have life insurance, um, but uh, a lot of people don't You know, make sure that their income is protected. And it's very expensive if you go into the open market as an individual if you work at a business, a lot of times they'll offer that as a benefit. So we would certainly right. recommend you you looking at that. But, um, you know, think about securing and, and insuring your paycheck. And that's kind of what disability insurance is.
0: Yeah, you got to at least take a look at that. And it depends on what your profession is and what your work situation is. Um, you know, some professions are more expensive to insure than others. But that's something worth taking a look at. So take a look at disability insurance and make sure you're covered if uh, something happens and you did become... Disabled, So that's good. All right. And our first topic here is the five money attitudes that can destroy your future. Um, you know, John, did your dad ever tell you that attitude counts?
1: Yeah. Mom and dad. Both Mom said and that. dad. Yeah. Both, you know, a couple of times had a bad attitude as a kid or something. Yeah. No. I
0: mean, it's not just being obedient. It's it's how your yeah. your attitude Absolutely. and doing it right. Um, it does count. You know, it's a fundamental truth with most things. It's not good enough just to take the right actions. You also have to have the right attitude. And the reason is your attitude actually makes you take the right actions consistently. You know, if your heart's not in it, then your actions won't last. Um, And that's true with many things, but particularly with your money. I mean, most people think that, you know, that if they make the right moves now, it'll fix their finances forever, maybe, or, or put them on the right path. And it is true that taking the right steps can make a dramatic difference. In the short term, but it's kind of like dieting, you know, I mean, you can um, you can lose weight today, but if you don't change your lifestyle, the weight's going to come right back. Right. Or or maybe in marriage, you know, maybe you've, uh, you know, bought your wife flowers, you take a nice trip um, and, you know, you want to patch up some ill feelings there. and, And that may patch up things for a few days, but you know how it is being married. I mean, if you don't change your behavior, then it really doesn't change anything long-term unless your attitude changes. And money is the same way. You can cut back, you can balance the budget, you can pay off a credit card, but you give it two years or more and you're right back in trouble if your attitude about money didn't change.
1: Yeah, I mean, we see this all the time with young adults. I mean, they'll get into credit card trouble and the parents will will, will take out a withdrawal to help them pay off the debt, but then... A couple of years later, they're right back in the same situation. And, you know, that happens because you never really fix the real problem. And, and attitude makes all the difference in the world. It definitely counts.
0: Absolutely. So here are the five attitudes and beliefs that we often see that define success or failure in your finances. Number one here, John, is the need for, for a, something new right now. You know, it's the belief of urgency for a purchase or an expense and that it just can't wait. Um, we see that, you know, people that kind of have that attitude. I mean, you may be familiar with some of these. You know, if you don't get a new car now, then this one is going to leave us stranded. <laughs> you know, it just won't go another, you know, another mile. Um, or if we if we don't get to get it now, then we'll never see this good of a deal again. It'll be gone forever. We won't ever be able to buy it that cheap again Um, Or maybe this expensive vacation is necessary for our sanity and our marriage. We deserve this. We need this really expensive trip. Um, And then, you know, one you alluded to, I mean, if we don't help our son Tommy out, maybe, uh, you know, out of debt right now, then his life will be ruined forever. You know, so let's bail him out right now. You know, the truth is waiting another year or two to buy a car probably won't hurt anything unless it's truly just dead. Um, but patching it up you know and and fixing it is usually your cheapest option with any car The, the attitude that you you always have to have something new and you have to have it now that 's an attitude that really will sink your th- future
1: yeah that 's right and and you know Steve, I mean the reality is is buying used never hurt anybody, and you 're going to save a ton of money if you do that, so always consider buying it used first, look at that and, um, you know, evaluate your options. And when you're talking about major purchases, I mean, delay it until it's absolutely necessary. I mean, if, if this, if that's your natural tendency, then you'll want to save, um, you know, time and money by doing some research and making sure that you're, you're, you know, really need it. And, and, you know, a lot of businesses sell stuff based on, Hey, it's not going to be here tomorrow if you don't buy it. So that's always there. Wait some time. Right exactly yeah
0: give it a give it a month and see if you still need it you know a lot of times those needs will go away so that's a really good trick for you know making yourself not buy unnecessary things um and by the way you know bankruptcy that may be a good learning experience for your son or daughter or tommy whoever it is you know it won't kill them it will teach them the consequences of overspending and so, you know, if they're in trouble financially, they probably need to, to wade their way through it if they're ever going to change their behavior. So, all right, number two here is the belief that we have to buy the best quality or it won't last and we'll waste our money. we got to have the best. Um, you know, we, we all know the old cliche that you get what you pay for, right? Well, well sometimes that's true, but not always. And it certainly doesn't have to be gold-plated. You know, some people want to buy the gold-plated type thing. Speaking of gold, you know, a two-carat diamond ring is no more of an engagement ring than a half-carat diamond ring. So, you know, you got to consider if it's really going to change anything. You know, the name brand clothes probably won't last or wear any better than those you buy at Walmart, quite yeah. frankly.
1: Yeah, that's right. And we look at cars, a Lexus may not drive any better than a good Ford, um, but it definitely has a higher ego factor and a lot of times a higher price tag as well. I mean, the point is, is you can spend thousands of, of more, thousands of dollars more on on anything, thinking you're getting better quality or maybe you deserve it. But that attitude's really, it's gonna, it's challenging. It's going to drain your emergency fund and it's also potentially going to jeopardize your financial future.
0: Exactly. Regardless of the quality, I mean, you can't control your budget if you always feel the need to buy the best brand new anything. Um, So buy used, you know, decent quality will save you thousands of dollars over time, you know, over any year. So you want to look at used, you want to look at, you know, good, suitable quality, but not the absolute best. So you need to be careful of that attitude. Next one here on the list is um, we, we can't just buy it now. on we, we can just buy it now on credit and we can pay for it later. It's buying it on credit. Um, you know, just the attitude that doesn't matter. Everybody does it. You know, some people have the mentality that it just really doesn't matter if they use credit and buy it now versus paying cash for it and buying it later. Um, it's true that if you're 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 paying for both of them in you're paying for it in both instances, right? Um, And maybe you're paying the same amount of money. Maybe it's a zero interest uh, credit card or something that you're putting on. But credit usually carries the mentality of denying yourself nothing and eventually leads to disaster. Um, So if your children are never taught the word no, then they'll end up bankrupt, you know, like our country and so many, you know, people out there. So using cash, that really is the ultimate defense against overspending. So don't bypass that safety switch, or at least if you are going to purchase on credit card, make sure you plan and you have the means to pay it off immediately. Do not carry, you know, a balance Mm -hmm. on your credit card for anything. Don't buy anything and pay for it later on layaway or even cars. You know, we believe you should pay cash for that, right? So... All right, next one here is the belief that we need to look like we're successful and have money, you know, looking ordinary won't do. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I, quite the opposite. I have a couple very wealthy friends and clients who are very, very successful, and, you know, you couldn't meet more ordinary-looking people. You know, they drive ordinary vehicles. um, They wear plain clothes. I mean, they just really don't feel the need to look and that's one reason why they're wealthy.
1: Mm, that's right. Looking like you have money doesn't buy respect. And it certainly doesn't bring you happiness either. It usually means that you're searching for those things and, and money's not going to, you can't buy that, right? I mean, also being well-dressed and looking respectful doesn't have to cost a ton of money or break the budget. If you shop wisely and you look for great deals in the off season, um, you know, you can go to Goodwill. They have good things or repurpose stores. I mean, there's oh, different no ways doubt. to do that.
0: No doubt. I mean, as soon as you take it out of the store, it's used. So Mm -hmm. you might as well buy used if you can get good quality. That's the way I always buy my golf clubs, by the way, (laughs) used. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, worry less about what your image is like and more about what your 401k is like. You know, if you are continue trying to keep up with the Joneses, you're going to follow them right in the bankruptcy. So instead, live like no one else today, as Dave Ramsey says, so that you can live like no one else in retirement. So that's um, that's a great saying to live by. The last one here on the list is uh, believing that we can plan for our future later and focus on today today um, and not worrying about the future. Yeah, I mean it's true you shouldn't worry about the future. I guess I worded that wrong, but you should plan for the future. Right. And that's the point here. I mean, you've heard the verse from Matthew, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow take will take care of itself. I think it's Matthew six thirty four. And that is absolutely true. Um but you know, that don't take it out of context. Some people do that and use it as an excuse not to plan for tomorrow since it fits their lackadaisical attitude. You know, as a result of that belief, I mean, we don't save much in our 401k because we believe that we can't afford it to do it now and we can just do it later. Um, We don't create a retirement plan because we're too focused on upgrading our car or our house, you know, when we get the raise and we have extra money. Instead, develop a financial plan for a reasonable lifestyle now and in retirement and stick to it for funding retirement And funding your life now. It doesn't mean you have to deny yourself everything. Certainly, just build it into your budget. And in finances, if you plan for tomorrow, today will take care of itself because you've already planned for it yesterday. So stop neglecting the future for immediate gratification. Pay for your future first before rewarding your hard work. Um, That's... uh, That's the last one. Some takeaways here are, you know, actions are very important, but attitude does count. And it's also very important. You need to get at the root of your money problems. It's usually your attitude. So stop chasing the Joneses, lose the need for, for image, you know, buy used, buy with cash, buy it, buy later if possible, you know, but don't always feel the need to buy the best. And focus on your future first, and today will take care of yourself when it comes to your money. So if you have questions about that, email us at info at moneymd.net. All right, John, that leads us up to our question of the week. This
1: question has to do with taxes, and a disclaimer up front, we're not CPAs. We, we certainly deal with taxes frequently, but... Um, the question is, I make six figures and I'm tired of paying taxes. What are the best ways to reduce my tax bill? Again, I would certainly coordinate with your CPA on this. Um, they know your situation um, very well, and, and also um, they know the taxes and the laws and so forth. But some of the general things that we look at that can help you with your tax bill is maxing out your 401k, Right or your 403b. Absolutely, you can put up to eighteen thousand uh, under the age of fifty, and and twenty four thousand above that. So that's a that's a really good way to shield some. Um, you'll have to pay taxes on it in the future, but it shields it today. Um, giving is a great uh, great sure. way. Um, obviously, sure. you know some people give for other reasons than taxes, but it does help to reduce taxes. Typically, um, five twenty nine plans. For the state of South Carolina, get, you can reduce your, your state income. So I know you have some other thoughts there probably, but um, those are a couple that, that stand out.
0: Yeah, I love HSAs. Mm-hmm. another option. You know, if you have a, a, a high deductible health plan, that's a HSA qualified health plan. You can put, I believe it's like sixty eight fifty per year. Now for a family in an HSA, it comes right off your taxes, right off your adjusted gross income. There's no income limit for that. So that's a great way to save some on taxes. But you mentioned, I mean, 401k really is your biggest option for saving money on taxes. But you know, a Roth IRA is, is a great option for the future. It'll save you on taxes down the road. So don't, don't forget about the future too. Yeah, Look at the true. whole, whole picture. So we can certainly help with that. If you have questions, but good question of the week. And that leads up to our next topic here. And that is mortgages and retirement. Um, pay it down or do you sit tight and or sell it? Mm-hmm. What do you do?
1: Yeah, a lot of different options. This comes from uh, Jane Quinn, who writes for uh, AARP. And, um, you know, Steve, more and more older homeowners are carrying mortgages into their retirement. I mean, the dollar amounts are much larger than they used to be. And, and on average, the loan term is longer by a couple of years. So, you know some people say, "Hey, that may be a crisis right um, yeah, yeah, that certainly depends on the situation, but normally, the larger your debt, the greater the risk that your retirement standard of living is is going to fall um, but some retirees keep large mortgages by choice, others find it possible to carry even uh, an unwanted mortgage because of the interest rates are extremely low. But either way, I mean, retirees certainly have options for reducing that debt. And we we generally encourage people to go into retirement debt free if you can, including the mortgage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they say here that it's not clear about the recent surge in mortgage indebtedness, whether that's a risky trend. Um, I don't think it's a positive trend. You know, this is comes from the Center of Retirement Research at Boston College, but most recent data does show that um, from 2013, the survey was done that they, um, between 2001 to 2013, the share of homeowners 65 and older who were, who still had mortgages rose by 13%. Uh, so it was a, it was a big rise. Um, only 61% owned their homes free and clear in 2013 but uh, you compare that with 74% 12 years earlier who had their house free and clear. So there's been a big increase in people going into retirement with mortgages. And the median loan had 17 years remaining mm. compared with only 13 years in 2001. So the story is similar for homeowners who are approaching retirement from age 54 or 55 to 64. So more and more people are carrying mortgages into retirement. I, I don't think that's a good trend, John.
1: Yeah, I don't either. This data certainly reflects the, the housing bubble memories that we had when optimistic spenders they refinanced their homes, they took out gobs of cash and um you know, maybe that that your um you know willingness for, for mortgage debt um has has cooled. But, you know, we'll learn more um, when the 2016 survey is published later this year. But so the question is, is if you do have debt, how do you want to handle that um, when you start your you know, retirement? There's a couple of different you know, strategies and thoughts on that. But again, uh, you know, as we sit down and do planning for people in their early 50s or in their 40s or even in their 30s, having this question already answered um, is critical. It's important.
0: Exactly. Yeah, the first option here is to hold a large mortgage in retirement. Yeah, this option kind of makes me cringe, John. I mean, <laughs> you know, this they, they, they point out that this might make sense for people with really high incomes who can deduct the mortgage interest, who are comfortable with taking risks, and who invest heavily in stocks. Um, you know, your long-term returns are likely to beat your home mortgage cost. After tax, um, if your income is modest, however, you're probably using a standard deduction, and you don't get a tax break on the interest, so it doesn't do anything for you. You know, your mortgage is simply an expense in that case, but, you know, I mean, it's no secret that leverage can... Can make you money, um. So it's yeah, just riskier. It's just a lot riskier. That's yeah. the point people leave out. Yeah, if you you carry a big mortgage and you put the money in your four hundred one k, sure you can make more money in the stock market, but you're taking a lot more risk because now you're doing it on leverage. So now if things get if things get ugly, you know, and you lose part of your income or you lose your four hundred one k because the market goes down or lose part of it, um, now you have a lot less money to draw on to pay that mortgage. Mm-hmm. So it's it just increases your risk substantially. You don't need that in retirement. I
1: I guess if someone has a a large pension, you know, and we do see people with very very large pensions, they could afford to do that because a pension is quote guaranteed. uh, You know,
0: there are exceptions to every (coughs) situation, but it's rare.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. So another one here that we look at sometimes is just paying down the debt faster. So you know, you may make double payments or refinance into a fifteen year mortgage. Prepaying is really the easiest when you're still working and earning a paycheck. But post-retirement, it really works best for people with comfortable incomes who can afford the uh, the extra monthly cost just to pay extra. But prepaying with taxable income, uh, don't take money out of a tax-sheltered retirement account and don't tackle the mortgage until you've done some of the other credit card debt. Now, you know, again, it, it depends on the situation. If you have someone that's in yeah. a very low tax bracket. Um, you know, you may, you may could pull some from a retirement account. There's different strategies and thoughts on it, but, you know, paying something down quicker, um, is a reasonable strategy, maybe not even refinancing, just doubling up on the payments.
0: Yeah, exactly. I like to see people usually tackle it that way, just double up on their payments or pay extra on it. Um, I would never suggest cashing out a retirement plan and paying a bunch of tax to pay off your mortgage. That never looks good. Plus you strip yourself your liquidity. But if you have the money sitting in a money market somewhere or someplace where it's not, you know, in a retirement account, then that's, that's a different story. So everybody's a little bit different here. Um, next option is to sell and buy something cheaper. So to, to downsize, you know, you might buy a new place for cash um, if you can do that and you have enough money left over maybe to live on. You know, if not, uh, take a small mortgage out with a lower payment than you're, you're making now um, and that could help you. Uh, by by, you know, basically buying down. Um, the sooner you act, though, the more money you'll save. And, and by the way, I mean, banks count Social Security income when they're calculating or evaluating your credit worthiness. So, you know, buying down is a good strategy um, to to buy a smaller place mm-hmm. and take some money out or, or have it totally paid off. I think that's a good strategy. I like
1: that option a lot. A lot of people, you know, they're in a house that they had when they had kids and so forth, and it just becomes. You know, it becomes too much to maintain and and manage, and um, it can be a win win farm. Um, exactly. You know, from a financial standpoint. So I like that one. Another one here is just sit tight. I mean, if you only have a couple of years left, you can just let it run out. um, Two or three years, and some people can can do that. But generally, trying to plan, you know, trying to you know, getting rid of this. Even many wealthy people get rid of the housing debt. It, you know, bad things happen. You know that your home is yours, and remember, property taxes, insurance premiums can continue to rise long after your mortgage has been paid off. So, so generally, you know, if you do have a mortgage balance, um, and you can afford to, um, you know, to pay that, then, uh, you know, that, that, that can be a strategy, but, um, downsizing is a good one. I kind of like that one out of the the four.
0: It is. Yeah. I mean, I like to see people plan to have their mortgage totally paid off by retirement, you know, and and just so amortize whatever you got left. If you, if you're 10 years from retirement, Amortize your remaining mortgage over 10 years and plan to have it totally paid off and just make that extra amount, you know, payment per per month till you're there. Uh, but have a strategy to have your mortgage totally paid off in retirement. I think it's a much safer strategy. It's a lot lower stress strategy. You don't need to stress, you know, whenever your 401k drops, the market goes down. of uh, Having to make that mortgage payment It's just a lot more freeing to have it totally paid off. So you can't always put a price on. On financial peace.
1: Yeah, that's right. So that's that's a good topic, though.
0: All right, and that leads us up to our last thing, and that is the prescription of the week.
1: Yeah, so um, Abby Marbert, who is Steve's youngest daughter, is doing the prescription of the week. So we have a Facebook post um, out there. So if you've never seen Abby, she is quite a ham. She is. And does she take after you or Kathy? or Where would that come from? Well,
0: she got a little bit from both of us, John. Okay. I, I like to think she, uh you know, got some of it from me, but... uh yeah, I mean, she she got her attitude, I think, a lot from me, but uh, but she certainly got a lot of her good qualities from Kathy too.
1: <laughs> so so Abby's talking about places to to shop, and there are online resale shops. And you know, we talked about earlier the adi- bad money attitudes of having everything new. Well, this is a great prescription of the week. Um, Abby has two websites here that she's going to talk about. One of them is called McCary M E R C A R I dot com, and the other one is Posh mark.com p o s h m a r k um i'm not familiar with those um she did use a reference to a um uh, i don't know if it was a purse or not so maybe these are more f- female-related sites, I don't know. But the point is, is there's a lot of places online that you can buy used items. Yeah. And you should, before you buy that new whatever, you need to go check out these two websites. And also just do some Google searches. I mean, Amazon, you can buy things from Amazon, obviously.
0: Yeah. I mean, Craigslist, you know, eBay, I, I buy used things on Craigslist and eBay, quite frankly. So where you and, buy your golf clubs? Uh, I buy those off eBay, typically.
1: Yeah. I've got a good yeah. putter I'm trying to sell Are you. Interesting? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I might. I
0: might. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I mean, you can buy them for a fraction of the price, yeah. and, and they're like brand new. I just search till I find one that's like brand new, and you can do the same thing just about anything, you know. I mean, people just buy things, and they don't use it. Mm-hmm. You know, we bought Kathy a, a elliptical machine off of Craigslist. And uh, it's brand new, basically. And it was like a fourth of the price or something. I mean, it was way yeah.
1: cheaper. So, it's in somebody's basement. You know, yeah, I mean, they dust.
0: just don't use it. They just don't use things. I mean, people buy stuff and don't use it. And so buying used makes a lot of sense, particularly if you're buying something significant, something big. That's right. So,
1: so check out Abby on our Facebook, MoneyMD. Go check us out. Yeah,
0: that's a good one. All right, and that brings us to a close for this week's edition of MoneyMD. We tune in next week on MoneyMD.net to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Do check us on our website, MoneyMD.net. Email us your questions at info at MoneyMD.net. Or give us a call, Richard and Associates, 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening, and have a great rest of the week. Have a good one.
1: This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment,
0: tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVister Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.